Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Hello. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to another edition of Tarot Talk and Astro Update. How's everybody doing? I think we're doing good. Good. Yeah. 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 Everything's fine. I've checked with we and we are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> the collective we says yes. Yes. <laughs> Who's going first today? You or me? I don't care. What would you like to do? Um, you go first. Okay, great. I will go first. Tarot Talk. All right, so uh, today I am doing my stuff on tarot talk on when a tarot reading does not make sense. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I, I like know. that topic. Yeah, I don't know if it's happened to you before, but sometimes it can happen. Oh, so, yeah, where you get like complete opposite cards yeah. in the same spread. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, what is going on here? So uh, anyway, here we go. Occasionally, a tarot spread comes along that does not make sense to its questioner. This can generate doubt in the tarot cards or in the ability of the reader. But many times the spread just requires a perceptional shift, a sideways glance, or the rearranging of the mirror shards in order to understand what is truly going on in the spread. The tarot is an energy tool that attunes to the intention and focus of the mind and spirit of the questioner. When the spread does not hit for the questioner, perhaps the focus was not laser sharp or the intention was not fully intentioned. To determine if this is true, one must review the cards carefully before deciding that a spread is truly incorrect. Below are a few steps to determine the card's accuracy before giving up the ghost and returning them to the deck. So number one, Carol, we should help the questioner determine the question. Before you begin our reading, start with some pre-conversation with the questioner to truly get a handle on the questioner's specific needs. As you shuffle the cards and discuss the questioner's story, the two of you can determine the best question to ask the tarot. This will help you, the reader, to focus on the information that is most desired by the questioner and put that energy and intention into the cards. The reader should also decide the number of cards to use for the spread and put that intention into the deck as well. So, for example, say or think, quote, I would like to know if the questioner will get that new job and I will pull five cards for the answer. Something yeah, like that. I always say I am doing this spread for six months out. OK, you know, like I'll say the time period. Yes. So I, I know it's going to happen within the next six months. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'll say a year if mm -hmm. it's like. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever more do in the future. more than a year because mm -mm. so many things can change. Oh, I know. You know, so the cards will attune to the question and the number of cards to be pulled. When the reader feels the cards are right or the cards stop shuffling together easily, the reader can pull the number of cards intended for the reading. This method increases the chances of pulling the cards that are the most significant to the questioner. Mm -hmm. All right. So number two, interpret the first two cards and then check in. After pulling the number of cards intended for the reader, the reader should flip over the first two cards and then tell the questioner what they see. If these two cards resonate with the questioner, then the reader is on the right track and should keep going. 
It is important to validate these two cards at the beginning so as the reader does not get five or six cards in just to learn nothing is making sense for the questioner, hence wasting valuable reading time going down the wrong rabbit hole. The reader should continue to check in with the questioner every two to three cards throughout the reading to ensure that the message of the tarot is staying on target. If the reader turns over the first two cards and they don't resonate, then see point number three. Number three is change your interpretation style. If the reader finds the first two cards do not jive with the questioner, then the reader can change up their interpretation style. Tarot cards are typically interpreted either via, quote, book meaning, end quote, or, quote, literal intuitive meaning, end quote. The book meanings for the cards are pretty straightforward. What does the book, the little white books that accompany each tarot deck, tell you each card means? Some readers only use book meanings to interpret tarot spreads. However, the literal intuitive meaning is a blend of intuition and what you literally see on the card. So, for example, in most tarot books, it will tell you the Seven of Swords means trickery, deceit, pretending to be someone you are not, etc. However, a literal intuitive interpretation of the Seven of Swords is a man collecting seven swords to place in the tents behind him, like cleaning up after a big party. So you could look at it that way. <laughs> that is what is shown in the Rider Waite Smith's tarot deck. That is deck really imagery. funny. Yeah. So you could totally throw out the book meaning and just say, oh, maybe he's just, um, you know, selling that silver down there at La Rock Jewelers. <laughs> yeah. So the literal intuitive interpretation could vary widely from what the book suggests and hence give the reader a whole other set of possibilities to choose from. So if the cards are not resonating in a book meaning sense, then you may want to shift the literal intuitive interpretation and vice versa. If this still does not work, then see point number four. Point number four. Turn over the next two cards and then see if that changes anything. Tarot cards are influenced by other cards around them and can change their meaning depending on those factors. The second two cards may dramatically change the story for the first two cards and hence begin to make more sense for the questioner. I, I'm going to try your way because I tend to just flip over all the cards at once and I have them all out. I just yeah. show everybody everything all at once. I do too, but I think when yeah. I was reading this, I'm like, well, if it's not making sense. Here's some mm -hmm. steps to try. But yeah. yeah, if you flip over the next two cards, it can set the reading back on track. If it does not, then during this process, it is helpful to continue conversation with the questioner to ensure that there is not a piece of crucial information that has been left out that the reader is unaware of. I once did a reading for a friend. His cards showed anxiety and stress in his life. He told me that the cards did not resonate for him. However, as we talked further, he told me he had to go visit his estranged mother and he was nervous and upset about the meeting. It was the piece of information I did not have, but was the exact thing the cards were speaking to. Sometimes the questioner will not think a certain piece of information is relevant and omit it from the conversation, especially if that information has nothing to do with their question. The tarot has a habit of addressing the most emotionally charged situations mm -hmm. and can sometimes ignore the question that is asked. This is why continuing to ask open-ended or even direct questions are important so the reader can elicit the information that will help the cards fall into place. Also, there are the occasional questioners that refuse to give any personal information. They want to test a reader to see if their abilities are real or not. They are convinced you are cold reading them or faking them out. These people are not worth your time or effort as completing a successful reading for them will become next to impossible. Mm 
They'll always look for ways to discredit you. Simply thank the questioner for their interest. Explain that it is not how your process works. And if they do not want to participate, they are free to go. Yeah, you're not really a fortune teller. Mm, you're not really. You're giving them guidance and telling them what the cards and, are saying. Yeah, and, yeah, what the influences are. Yeah, regarding their question. Right. And number five, finally, if nothing has worked, then wipe the slate clean. If after all of these steps have failed, then it is time to swipe the cards off the table and put them back in the deck. Before you destroy the spread, you may want to record it with a video or photos as you may have a new epiphany about the spread and want to look at it again or future events may play out that make the spread make sense. After deleting the spread, reshuffle the cards and try again. Make sure, you know, the people can see the cards because it when they can look at the images as you're reading for them, mm -hmm. it really helps them also with their own intuition because I do think people will have their own ideas as to what the cards mean as you're talking. So, I agree. And I, I do believe that a lot of people, their gut sense is almost overrides yours because in certain situations, they're more emotionally charged about the situation. Yeah. And so a lot of times the information comes through to them mm -hmm. just by looking at the symbolism mm -hmm. as you're reading them. Yeah, for sure. On your next attempt, try dialing down on the question. Perhaps the phrasing of the question needs to shift or it may not be quite the right question after all. Discuss with the questioner how to tweak the question a bit in order to get a better response from the cards. Do you have any other ideas on what to do in terms of when you get a tarot reading that doesn't make much sense? Do you have anything else that you think would be important to add? <laughs> I just reshuffle. Just reshuffle? I'm like, you know what? Somebody was not focused here. Yeah. I hand it back and I have them reshuffle. Yeah. That's said, just, you know, try and really focus because a lot of times people do want, you know, their mind wanders as they're shuffling the cards and they can get distracted um, from what their real question is. So yeah. that really helps. Yeah, I think you're right. And then they also recognize, too, that they have to be um, contributing a little a bit participant. more participating yeah. in the reading, not just, you know thinking they're going to lay back and yeah. you do all the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so that's my tarot talk. What about you? What's our astro update for today? I hope you're all making September a month to remember. I know I am. I'm going to have to go to Costco later and stock up on water and medical supplies and food. What? Well, you told me this shit's going down oh. in September. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Holly just got me some marshmallow ghost peeps. Yay. And they are so, so cute. I don't mm. know if they're going to keep me alive. Um but I definitely am going to be having fun this Halloween eating You'll them. Keep your blood sugar up. That's for sure. That is. <laughs> I remember when we first started the podcast, we were going to get some of these to make a s'more kit. Yeah. And everywhere we tried to find during the month of October were sold out. Yeah. We couldn't get them anywhere. That was the last package oh that I gosh. got at the store. Thank you. Yeah. That I saw. I didn't They're see They're so others. adorable. Yeah. I love peeps anyway. Yeah. So I um, am going to just talk a little bit about the start of Libra season because I think um, Libras out there are getting ready for their birthday and solar return. So the zodiac sign of Libra runs from the 23rd to October 22nd. Um, so this will be dropping about a week before your birthday. Happy early birthday, Libra. Libra. 
And in 2023, the theme for you with Saturn in Aquarius forming squares with your sign, you may have some challenges in figuring out your career and what role you want to play, perhaps for a company who's been very demanding of you and who you don't feel deserves all the level of commitment they expect from you without, you know, more compensation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all we all will work harder if, if we're being compensated, I think. It is um, a good motivator. It really is. And many of you Librans will be trying to start that side hustle or maybe even looking into self-employment. And that can work out really well for you right now. But it does require a lot of planning and advice from those who have been there and done that. And with Jupiter, which has been in Taurus since mid-May, uh, for you Librans, it can bring stability and growth to your financial situation. Although you do have Uranus in Taurus also squaring your sign. So what that means is you'll have some unexpected ups and downs in financial expenses, but you also will have, ding, 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 some surprise checks maybe or money out of the blue. I wonder if I have any Libra friends because I'm yeah. going to start calling them up going, hey, you want to, you know. Surprises <laughs> can go both ways, right? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so let's hope it's the surprise checks in the mail. So overall, it does help you become flexible and lay the groundwork for future home projects too that you want to start. And your relationships will go through a new phase also. One thing about Librans uh, is that they're always the referee in friendship disputes. And I think that's because they have that great balancing balance. effect. Yeah. They, they really want, I mean, they're very diplomatic people. They can really tell both sides of the story, right? Yes, for sure. Well, that is going to come to an end for you in 2024 when you can finally kind of give up being that person and you're just going to, you know, decide who deserves your focus and loyalty and who's just a toxic drain and pain on your time and effort. Hmm. So in 2024, Jupiter will move into Gemini in May. So that will expand your social circle. You'll find new interests and seek education in subjects you're passionate about. So in conclusion, this year will bring a maturity and personal growth in all your relationships and finances as you embrace more personal freedom with your time and energy. Have a great birthday, Libra. Happy birthday, Libra. Oh, Libra. <laughs> all right. So good news. We all can get our hair done now and start shopping for that new fall wardrobe. Thank God I can finally sh shave my yeah. armpits again. I've been waiting. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, that uh, insight. You're welcome. Because Venus is no longer retrograde. Hooray! Yay. Speaking of Venus, the planet of love and beauty, I thought it would be fun to talk about how to predict marriage and divorce in an astrology chart. That's a good idea. Okay. But before we get into all of that good stuff, I do have to speak about one major event happening this month that I think people really misunderstand in astrology. And that is the retrograde planet of Jupiter, which went reverse on September 3rd, will be in retrograde position until December 30th, 2023. And typically, the misunderstanding for most is that when planets turn retrograde, it is not a favorable time and they typically bring problems. But in this case, Jupiter is different. Jupiter doesn't really have much malevolent energy except perhaps in health issues. And that is only because it makes things bigger, which if it is transiting our sixth house can make us gain weight 
or bring about more signs to indicate a specific health matter Hmm. since Jupiter sheds light and expands the area it transits. But typically it is for our best and highest good. Wherever Jupiter shines, it's light in the area of your life. Jupiter, which stays in each zodiac sign for about a year, starts delivering its results as soon as the transit begins. And wherever it is in the zodiac house, will deliver gifts around the theme of that house and expand that area for the person. However, it saves the majority of the actual big results only once its retrogression phase starts. There are usually many developments that we know are possible, but the actual events and triggers are held back till the retrogression stage. A valuable advice for this phase is the need to take up any opportunities given, as it does require action and in spite of any challenges, rise to the occasion to help unlock the actual results and potential of what Jupiter can deliver to you. Because anything you are given will ultimately be huge blessings for you. Hmm, yeah. Cool. So okay. Let's now get into the love and relationship astro talk. But Jupiter will be retrograde in the sign of Taurus. So look to your chart, see how that affects you. And if you don't want to do that, I'll provide a link too, so you can just look at your sign and the theme it's giving you if you don't have your birth chart handy. Okay. But there are several planets that are well known to be a good influence on timing of marriage in a chart. And that is Venus, of course, the planet of love and its relationship to other significant planets like Mars, the planet of passion and action. Mm. Jupiter, which denotes growth and luck, the sun and moon, which govern the emotions and mental connections with each other, as well as the planet Saturn, which gives longevity and rules, commitments, and contracts. These are the main players in the areas of marriage and divorce. It is hard to know exactly when a marriage will occur without looking at both the charts of each partner in the relationship. But in starting with your own chart, you would want to note any favorable aspects involving the seventh house. The seventh house in the birth chart represents marriage and partnerships. Marriage. Marriage. (laughs) I just had to say that. When Jupiter makes a positive aspect in the chart over the natal placement of Venus or through your seventh house, you can expect your love and romance life to be highlighted. This particular placement and transit marks a good luck period of life that supports marriage or a proposal, especially if Mercury is also well-placed. Many people are surprised to hear that the planet Saturn, when transiting through the seventh house, can indicate marriage proposals. Hmm. It is true that Saturn usually brings hardships and restrictions, but it also levels up relationship commitments and longevity. A Saturn transit through the seventh house or a harmonious aspect between the natal placement of Venus can signify an application or the signing of a marriage license. Hmm, cool. It can also signify the foundation of a very long-term partnership, a.k.a. marriage. <laughs> Mowage. Mowage. Marriages that are formed during a Saturn transit, typically are karmic in nature, can last a lifetime, and are completing unfinished business or lost opportunities from past lives. It is also important to remember that sometimes when the Saturn transit happens again in the person's chart with a difficult aspect to a Venus placement can signify the ending of that marriage and thus the karmic contract was fulfilled. One way that this is fulfilled 
is when the couple has a baby, but then soon afterwards divorces. We can see this exact situation with Saturn, which happened in Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's marriage, which began on May 24, 2014. Most people have heard about the seven-year itch, and according to astrologers, that saying goes with the Saturn seven-year cycle, marking an important time for review and renegotiations. It's normal to find ourselves backing out of binding contracts at this time, especially those involving romance. On Kim and Kanye's wedding day, or I guess he calls himself Ye now, Saturn was located at 19 degrees in Scorpio, a sign of passion and intense energy. Saturn changed signs into Aquarius, preparing to form a square to the position of the Saturn at Kim and Kanye's wedding. On December 17, 2021, less than a week before Kim posted an announcement on Instagram which showed her without her wedding ring, Saturn changed signs again into Aquarius, starting to form a square tension aspect to the Saturn positions of the previous wedding aspects. This exact square formed on February 2022. But in cases of Saturnian energy and contracts, it is hard to separate from someone fully, and typically you will find yourselves still in some sort of relationship, most commonly over sharing parenting responsibilities or perhaps in a business partnership. This was the case of Kim and Kanye. The announcements were also made of their separations and problems during the ushering in of the solar and lunar eclipses of 2021. Kim filed for divorce in February of 2021, but the nasty proceedings and Saturn energy continued for almost two years, ending in November 2022. So typically there are combinations of these telltale planets and events that change the cycle of endings and beginnings in our lives. It's also worth mentioning that Pete Davidson, her next brief relationship, was going through his first Saturn return when he and Kim started dating. Weird. Yes, and oftentimes that brings great transitions to relationships, which it did for them when they abruptly ended just nine months later in October 2022. I always thought that was a very odd pairing. Yeah. Kim was not technically divorced yet and began and ended a whole nother relationship. And is it, yeah. Isn't he like a lot younger than her? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know much about him. I think they met on the set of like Aladdin. I think they were doing like a sitcom on Saturday Night Live together. Huh. And, um, you know, Disney, Disney movies, they make you fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So the 11th house can also denote a marriage because typically if there is a wedding ceremony, there are many people rallying, family coming together and the gathering in the community for the big event. The 11th house is the house of community and friendships and many astrologers show Jupiter transiting or Mercury and Venus transiting in this house with other positive aspects can mean an auspicious event, typically a wedding. But it can also mean a funeral if the rest of the chart does not have positive placements. Hmm. Now, the role of planetary aspects are the angles formed between planets in a birth chart. Some aspects are considered more favorable for relationships, while others may indicate challenges. And here are some key aspects to consider. Conjunctions. Planets that are closely conjunct within a few degrees of each other can indicate a strong connection between two people. For example, A Venus-Sun conjunction may suggest harmonious and loving relationships. A trine. Trines are angles of approximately 120 degrees and are generally seen as harmonious aspects. For instance, a Jupiter-Moon trine 
could signify emotional well-being and luck in relationships. A sextile occurs at angles of approximately 60 degrees and are also considered positive aspects. A Mercury-Mars sextile might suggest effective communication and shared goals in a partnership. So having both charts read by an astrologer can help pinpoint the glue that will help a relationship go the distance. Squares at angles of 90 degrees often indicate challenges and tensions. A Mars-Saturn square could imply constant power struggles or conflicts within a relationship. This placement in charts regarding the family and partnership houses can indicate the potential for multiple failed relationships and probably would be a strong warning that the person is destined for a heaven-hell marriage, passionate, yes, but also hellish at times, partnership. (laughs) Oppositions occur when planets are directly opposite each other, 180 degrees apart. And while they can create tension, they can also signify balance and a complementary type of relationship which caters to an area where one partner lacks, the other partner makes up for in their chart. For example, a sun-moon opposition may indicate attraction to someone with opposite characteristics. Timing and marriage in astrology involves looking at other various factors, including the transits of key planets and the activation of specific houses in the natal chart. Progress charts, which reflect the individual's evolving personality, can also provide deep insight into the timing. Progress charts are calculated by a formula that progresses or moves the natal chart forward. In a progress chart, each day after birth equals one year of life. Progressed aspects involving the moon, Venus, or the seventh house may highlight significant relationship developments. This is probably a good idea if you're on the fence about marrying someone who you don't always see eye to eye with Hmm. having, you know, a reading. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe you have just some worry about how the relationship will fare down the road. This is a good way to see if the relationship can last the ups and downs of an entire lifetime together. Yeah, that's true. Yes. um, Because what is it? 50% of all marriages fail in, in divorce. That's what they say. Yeah. In researching this, I was really surprised they have an astrology calculator that can predict the percentage of the likelihood of divorce between two people's birth date. Really? Yeah. So keep in mind, this calculator is not able to see the nuances in the two charts or it doesn't even ask for the time of birth or place. So it's just general basic compatibility test. Uh I don't really feel it's hardly accurate, but I'll put the link in the credit just for fun, though. Okay. Other important houses to look at when determining a possible marriage or divorce is the second or the eighth house. We know that when big life events happen, it can affect our finances. Marriage and divorce typically bring with it a change in shared resources and allocating money and property differently. Mm -hmm. Sometimes transits in the second or eighth house with Venus or Saturn can mean that it is just a long time plan that needs to change which can happen in a partnership that agrees to share bills together like roommates. But often astrologers can see when someone gets married that the second house will be affected, which represents our material possessions and the things that we value for us. I'm reminded of that movie when Harry met Sally and the couple who got married are moving in together and they're fighting over a wagon wheel coffee table yeah. <laughs> that the wife doesn't want to keep now right. that they're combining two separate households into one shared house. Right. That is such a 
funny, funny scene. <laughs> the eighth house often signifies huge transformation in shared resources and in owing debts or loans to another person, which can represent child support or care paid out, alimony or other financial rebalancing in a marriage or a divorce. If Saturn or Pluto forms hard aspects like squares in any of these angular houses of the 1st, 4th, 7th, or 10th, it may suggest relationship stress and transformation during the year. While no aspect guarantees specific outcomes, certain planetary positions and transits may suggest challenges. The progressed moon's aspects and transitions through different houses can provide insights to emotional fluctuations and potential relationship shifts. Lunar eclipses that activate planets or sensitive points in one's birth chart, particularly in the 7th or 8th houses, can signify a turning point in the relationship. And eclipses are known for bringing hidden issues to light, and they can sometimes lead to significant life changes, including divorce and marriage. Yeah. So hard aspects to natal Venus, if transiting Saturn or Pluto forms hard aspects, squares or oppositions to natal Venus, it could signify difficulties or potential divorce. So concluding, astrology can be a useful tool for gaining insights into the timing and potential outcomes of marriage and divorce. However, it's crucial to remember that astrology is just one factor among many that influence our lives. Mm-hmm. And we do have our own personal choices and our own communication and compatibility, which are equally important in determining the whole course of relationship. Mm-hmm. I know too, when um, I've read tarot cards in the past, I can see certain cards come up over and over again for marriage mm-hmm. and divorce questions. And mm-hmm. maybe you can speak to that mm-hmm. um, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, usually I think uh, when there's a marriage coming or if somebody wants to know if they're gonna be getting married, or maybe they don't know they're getting married and I get those cards. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting a proposal. Uh, hey, guess what? Yep. Um, like you'll probably get cards like the lovers. Um, mm-hmm. I would see, I think you said lovers with the hierophant, which would make a lot of sense because that could in- indicate some kind of a um, ceremony. Ceremony, mm-hmm. yep. Or justice because mm-hmm. that's contracts. Yeah. Um, also, if you're talking about the minor arcana, the suit of cups tends to be pretty good for marriage. The three of cups tends to, I always use that as a marriage card because it does show a gathering together in a social celebration of some kind. I also sometimes will see that for the nine of cups mm-hmm. uh, because it's a community gathering card and the 10 of cups also denotes a long-term relationship. So those are all really good marriage indication cards. So yeah. yeah. And I, um, once in a while, we'll see the eight of wands come up when uh, brides are sending out their invitations, True. you know, because yeah. um, yep. you're getting the message out to everybody, the announcements of the marriage. Yes, for sure. Um, so that can also be an, an indicator there as well with mm-hmm. other love cards. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about divorce? Divorce is probably going to be a relationship card like the lovers or the two of cups, but married with like the tower mm-hmm. um, or the 10 of swords or death card, death card. Yeah. It could be that you're coming to the end of something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or grieving, grieving because typically you're, you're emotionally grieving yep. during yeah. that time. Yeah. Also a change in finances too. Right. With five, the cards. Of, five of swords could mm-hmm. show money loss. Yeah. All good indicators. So, 
Um, we hope that's helpful and yep. none of you are experiencing any hard angles with Saturn. But we, <laughs> we do know. Yeah. <laughs> we do know that we have some good luck this month um, yeah. with Jupiter handing yeah. out some gifts for people. Thanks, and Jupiter. That's going to be happening till the end of December. So make it a nice. September to remember yeah. whatever you do. That's right. I think, didn't we say last time we recorded, we were going to do what's going to, how is each sign going to deal with the September surprise? Oh, God. Do you want to do that? Or you want Way to, to hit it thing? hard. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Carol and I are going to read for each sign how they're going to manage what's coming at the latter half of September. Yeah, and if you don't know, then you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. best not to, I guess. <laughs> All we'll right. Be, we'll be back. Okay. Okay, we're back. Um, we are back. We are doing first the Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. I am using the Light Seers Tarot by Chris Ann. And Carol, you're using... Le Vampires, an ancient oracle card and guidebook set by Lucy Cavendish. And artwork by Jasmine Beckett Griffith. What did you get for Aries? I got the Oracle card Supernatural. Inexplicable, miraculous, and otherworldly are the key words for you, Aries. I think you might develop superpowers at the end of September. <laughs> or some of you might get raptured. I think I like the superpower idea mm -hmm. because I got the Six of Swords. And in my card, the girl is on the boat and it's being pulled by ravens. So I think you'll have the ability to go on a cruise and communicate with birds. You know, have birds bring you like shiny objects. You might really or have them profit from pull that. your boat or pull your boat. Yeah. Look at that. That's badass. You're, you're the bird whisperer. The bird whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. All right. You're All moving right. into a, a different area. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right. Taurus. Taurus. I drew the card prey. <laughs> Not P-R-A-Y, but P-R-E-Y. <laughs> Carol, that's your um, sign. I know. You're going to be stalked, invaded, and watched. So <laughs> keep your drapes closed at the end of the month and don't look out the windows. We know they're already in your house, yeah. <laughs> Carol. So that's, you know, just more of the same for you. I got uh, the Page of Pentacles. I think that means you're going to be going camping and you're going to play Frisbee golf. Don't do it. Just stay home. <laughs> Why the bears watch you from the forest edge. That's right. Or the serial killer, mm. whatever it is out there that's after you, Taurus. Ah, Gemini, you got the card of nightmares. <laughs> so you're going to need psychic protection and maybe a weapon by your bed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, just take some Coke before you go. I mean, not take some Coke, drink some Coke before bed. Or take so some So you Coke. can st stay up all night and watch TV so you don't have to worry about bad nightmares. And I got the magician, which oh. tells me you are going to take some Coke. Oh, no. <laughs> and you're going to go to a rave and party it up. Good job, Gemini. Good job, Gemini. All right. We'll be right back with Cancer, Leo, and Virgo. So for cancer, I got the page of cups, which tells me uh, you're going to just have a major meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you oh, get? Oh, for cancer, I got the card curtsy. And this cute girl is like got a little dress and she's um, exhibiting good manners and thoughtfulness. So 
I think this is going to bring out the best in you. Even if you're having a meltdown, I think yeah. you're going to be very polite about it. I think you might you just be a... like, excuse me, I need to excuse myself and have my mental breakdown away from the public. I think you're going to have a temper tantrum because <laughs> in my card is literally an image of a pig flying. So, so oh, no. it's going to be something about when pigs fly. Yeah. There so. is a wolf ready to eat her <laughs> it is little red riding hood who is having good manners mm. so you know the threat is definitely still there it's definitely there all right leo uh i got the king of swords which means you're going to turn into a wise sage and you're going to climb up into the mountains and live as a hermit lifestyle yes and i got religion as the oracle card for you, which means you're going to start reading your Bible. (laughs) You're going to start praying. At the end of the month. You're going to isolate and you're going to start praying. That's right. Okay. And then for Virgo, I got the two of cups, which tells me you're going to get laid. Virgo, no more Virgo for you. Virgo, Virgo, you're all about romance right Mm -hmm. now. I got um, this vampire girl. She's playing her cello serenading her cat (laughs) um and it says training consistency practice and discipline so whatever's going on in the world it's not going to distract you from your goals oh no no (laughs) you're going to be making sweet music and sweet love (laughs) maybe you're going to make sweet love with the person you're making sweet music with we don't know whatever you're doing you're very um focused on it (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll be back with libra scorpio and sagittarius all Ah, right libra scorpio sagittarius Sagittarius. libra scorpio sagittarius Sagittarius. all right that's what'd you get for libra i got enlightenment for libra epiphany innovation inspiration i think you're going to come up with some radical ideas on how to get through the end of the month and the rest (laughs) of the year and it's cinderella as a vampire holding a pumpkin so i Mm. think yeah you're just going to be decorating for halloween (laughs) i think you know focus on halloween This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 <laughs> What'd you get? Well, I got one complimentary to yours. I got the star. <gasps> yes. So I think what you're going to be doing, Libra, is you're going to be waiting for the aliens to show up <laughs> and beam us all aboard. I think that's really what this is about. You're looking upwards to this night sky thinking, where are she's, those fuckers? She's going to go out and buy some glowing paint. So Something. they think she's one of them. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. All right. What'd you get for Scorpio? I don't really want to say this, Scorpio, but I drew Death Will Come card. It's so dramatic. (laughs) Um, Mortal, finite, and fragile. So Mm. um, I don't even know what to say about that. I'm just going to leave it there with you. You you can uh, guess what I think that means. (laughs) (laughs) That's dark. Well, I got the hermit. So I think you're going to be hanging out with uh, Leo up in the mountaintop. Definitely going to be underground. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be. Yeah, stop. (laughs) Carol. Okay. Yeah, it's not looking good for you, Scorpio. We're sorry. All right. And then Sagittarius. Um, just as bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I'm a Sagittarius. I, I know. I, I got the sacrifice card oh and it's God. this beautiful swan with an arrow through its neck. Um, renunciation, offering and letting go. I, you know, I think you're going to be 
clearing house and letting go of some old wardrobe malfunctions. <laughs> Hopefully that's all oh, the sacrifice let's is hope that, that needs to you're go. You're not going to just sacrifice the Sagittarius's. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, I don't agree with your interpretation. Okay, I'm going to be hanging out with Gemini at the rave. I'm going to be going to the club and partying it up for the end times. So there you go. That's where most sacrifices happen. <laughs> yeah, <stop. at> the <laughs> okay, next three. You're terrible. Okay. We're carrying on. We'll be back with Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Okay, what'd you get? Oh, man. So for the um, Capricorn, I got the world, which I think means you're going to find that it's your time to take over a world domination <laughs> and you're gonna leave it to Capricorns yeah, to do that put yourself in the driver's seat and you're gonna uh, <laughs> propel yourself to power that's what I think well I drew for Capricorn or crap for the crappy Capricorn. <laughs> got a the crapper corns the beautiful Capricorns you're going to be returning to your primal energy mm, domination yeah. no <laughs> i drew the primal card which says connecting deep within sacred dance and instinct so mm, okay i think yeah i think you are just gonna be like sexy running through the woods with like your belly dancing outfit on <laughs> i don't know and maybe you'll take over the world doing that maybe you probably will yeah okay what's, Sex sells. okay what's the next um uh, la, la. aquarius uh eight of cups i got i think you're gonna leave earth and move to mars <laughs> i think you're gonna leave earth too aquarius i got ecstasy and the word under that is rapture yielding mm. and bliss yeah you're getting beamed up and you're in some sort of tree with butterfly wings oh. and glowing butterflies all around you but your eyes are like dilated beyond belief because you're so. high because you're high <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with you, but I think the word rapture definitely sums it up. Okay. Well, and then Pisces, I got the judgment card, which mm -hmm. tells me that you're probably going to die. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah, I'm kind of thinking so too, Pisces. And the reason why is I drew the reason card and it says to listen to advice and think clearly. And, and, and if you're not going to do that, it's curtains for you. <laughs> so just... Please no. don't just don't pee in la la land. Don't panic. Listen to some good people out there and just, yeah. Keep your head down, Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's it for our horoscopes. Um, Horror and it, indeed. If you don't hear us again, you know we didn't make it. Yeah. Um, my my card was pretty dire for Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> Your card was pretty dire for Sagittarius. I know. Yeah. So we may not be back. So we're signing off right now. <laughs> but it was lovely serving all you it fine really listeners. Was. And yes. we really, yeah, we we wish you the best in surviving the rapture that's to come with any day now. And because we're saying it live, we know now nothing's going to happen. <laughs> that's kind of our go-to is like, if you say it out loud, it won't happen. Is that it? I didn't know that. I think so. <laughs> I think that's a good method. All right. Well, that's it for us tonight. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. It is important to validate these two cards at the beginning so as the reader does not get five or six cards in just to... I just wrote this wrong. Or it may not be the quite the right... Blah.
I just I just uh, remember one one reading I had where I had the candles on uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I guess it was really dim. And the person across from me is like, I can't see any of these cards. You could be <laughs> telling me anything. And I'd believe it because like I can't see a thing. And I'm yeah. like, I should do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we can. All, uh, what was I going to say? In conclusion, this year, uh, it will bring. I didn't write the sentence well at all. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.